Hurry, hurry, hurry to Monday Matinee on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audiences. Yo, Jack, it's Bill. Jack! Come on, amigo. I told you I was coming. I'm not coming out. You can't stay in bed forever with your head under the sheets. How do you... I'm not in bed. I got us tickets to the playhouse tonight. Who's playing? John Bell. He's doing a near one-man show of an episode of Broadway is my beat. OTR, baby! I do like that show. Anybody else there? It's at the theater. I mean, of course there won't be anyone there. You're dressed in a suit, aren't you? Of course. It's the theater. All right. I'll be out in a minute. How'd you get a tux on so fast? I always lounge in a tux. I always figured you for a smoking jacket and a snip or a break. I'm not a snob. <laughs> of course not. Of course not. Nice top hat and cane, by the way. Thanks. You can cut out the lonely sound effects. It's not that dramatic. Hey, amigo. This is audio drama. But you're the boss. The Sonic Summerstock Playhouse. Each week, the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse brings you classic plays adapted and performed by some of the best in modern audio theatre. And without further ado, here's your host for this week's show. Wow, man. Check out the billboard. I'm so glad they remodeled the old palace. You know, they only open it up for summer stock theater shows now. Dude, they go all out. check out the uniforms on the doorman and the red carpet. How much do these tickets cost? Nada. They gave them to us for guest hosting the show. Bill, are you saying we're guest hosting the summer stock playhouse right now? Shh. It's loud. Look there, at these plush seats. Bill, I didn't want to host any shows this summer. I'm, I'm not too happy right now. I just... I just want everything to... Oh, stop being a drama queen and enjoy the show. It's supposed to be comedy gold. Broadway is my beat. It's one of those great detective series from old-time radio. Tonight's performance, the Tom Keeler case, is almost a one-man fracking show produced by the amazing John Bell from Bells and the Bat Free Man. Seems I recall him introducing a time machine episode. Anyway, I digress. And co-starring Becky Beach. I'm still not introducing the show. Not feeling well. The original show ran for six years you're, and went 64 episodes. You're introducing the show right now, aren't Most you? Most of the episodes are available for free online today. Through my pain. Shh. Curtains are open. I can't believe you. Broadway's my beat. From Times Square to Columbus Circle, the gaudiest, the most violent, the lonesomest mile in the world. Broadway's My Beat, with John Bell as Detective Danny Clover. Brought to you by the Carew family of fine tobacco products. In autumn sunlight, the September day trots out its promises for Broadway's consideration. Displays them in doorways, in push carts, in gutters. Decorates them with price tags. Invites you to browse, don't touch... Buy, don't squeeze, and at cut rates of second-hand delights, the prices slashed down to any man's purse, the bold end of dreams. The vendors simper, the hawkers wink. Buy, kid. That's a winter sun on your shoulder, and the day is short, so buy. And that's what you do, kid, because on Broadway, there's no other choice. 
And at police headquarters, the September's day has arranged its wares of violence on your desk, stacked as to category, degree, grade. Because the day is still fresh, you put off reaching for them, the touching of them. But it screams close to your ear. This is Clover. In the morgue, Danny. Come on down. I've got something of interest for you. You walk the corridor to the room of the dead, through the swinging doors into a place without season, where all nights, all days are of equal length, where temperature is constant, where the wind is conditioned before it's let flow over death. You walk up to the man who waits for you. Ah, nervous twitch, Danny, to juggle things in my right hand. Maybe I'll be remembered for it. What have we got, Dr. Fine? The man lying there. They found him in his bed last night. Murdered. These that murdered him. Two bullets, look. Yeah, a 22 and a 32. Wouldn't you say so, Doctor? That I wouldn't know. What is known is only one of these was needed to kill him. Either one. The man was wanted dead twice, Danny. He was killed twice. Two bullets, different size, twice dead. You know who he was? Well, they brought him to me last night. There was a tag on him. A name, Tom Keeler. An address, the Nixon Hotel. Nothing else. No other word to the living about why such things have to happen. You're sure, Doctor? Yeah. You're sure that the... Each wound was a mortal wound, Danny. Each wound could have... Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. You want these, huh? Yeah. Take them. And that's the way my day began. And the ingredients of it were a medical examiner, a murdered man, and two bullets. In a room of no value except to the dead. Except to those whose business is with death. Consider that briefly, then push it away. Leave. Go. Get out. And hurry. And in the corridor, find what you're looking for. The breath of air not controlled by a thermostat. Then the walk down the hall. Turn over the two bullets to technical, then outside in the squad car. The ride to West 35th Street into the Nixon Hotel. To the five-story brownstone that seemed to list from the pressure of the insurance housing project next door to it. Go in. Ring a bell. Wait. Be greeted by the man in gray suspenders and no shirt. Morning. Good morning. I'm Danny Clover, police. Randy Quantrio. Hi. How you doing? You had a little trouble here last night, didn't you? Ah, uh, just a mess of it. Did you know the man who was killed? Ah, uh, you mean uh, Tom, huh? That's right. Tom Keeler. What do you mean, know him? Uh, talk to him. Have a beer with him. Said hi to him. That's about the extent of my to-do with him. How about visitors? Did he have any? Look at the sign over my shoulder, Mr. Clover. Mr. Clover, I know some Clovers down in Selma, Alabama. You any kin to the Clovers? No, 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 no. Oh. Well, look at the sign over my shoulder. N-O visitors, no visitors, huh? And you think, just because the sign is there, Tom Keeler didn't have any visitors? Oh, no, no, mister, I don't, you see. We got a sign in each and every room says no smoking in bed. And the last year we had three mattress fires. So what I'm saying is, I've never seen anybody sneak past this desk that I said to myself, Hey, there's a Tom Keeler visitor. What else about Keeler? Oh, he, uh, he got mail this morning. Uh, maybe I ought to tell you that. Yeah, maybe you should. I'm going to. Fresh mail came this morning. Uh, here, 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 this letter. Oh, thanks. From the uh, Great Northern National Bank. So I see. Please come in and talk to us with regards to your commercial account at your earliest convenience. You read upside down, Mr. Quantrio? I've lived in Baltimore. Oh, thank you, Mr. Quantrio. Thanks a lot. 
And for that, Randy Quantrio winked at me, laughed noiselessly at me, <laughs> leaned against the mail rack, scratched his back with it. Oh, that's nice. It wasn't the moment to intrude any longer on such private pleasures, so I left him. At the Great Northern National Bank, a guard, uniformed in tattletale gray, took my name, my business, walked down a marble aisle with them, an aisle lined with identical desks, identical faces behind them. Unerringly, the guard chose one, the right one. This was a shrewd guard. He muted his voice to the extracurricular business I had brought to the Great Northern, offered it to the man. The man considered it, digested it, and when he had it all in order, motioned me to the chair the guard had placed discreetly close to him. How can we help you, Mr. Glover? A man named Tom Keeler had a checking account here. We're aware of it, therefore... Then you know he was murdered last night in a cheap hotel. We're aware of many things, Mr. Clover. Our research... I'm sorry, I, I can't hear you. What'd you say? I say that our research department makes a point of informing each of us here of any diverse matters. Matters that could even most remotely concern us. Thank you. Beg your pardon? I said thank you, because you let me hear what you had to say. Mm. I was appointed, Mr. Clover. Should any questions arise about the late Thomas Keeler... Should any questions arise, I would so answer the question. Your interrogation is what, Mr. Clover? We down at headquarters think it's strange that Tom Keeler slept in a flop house when he had a... Checking account with us? Uh-huh. Philosophical question, Mr. Clover, somewhat out of our private... Pardon me, what? <clears throat> I say that all we know of Thomas Keeler is that we were asked to transfer $50 weekly to his account which we have done religiously until... Who asked you to do that? Counselor at Law, George Weber. You want his address, we should give it to you. Thanks. You were saying that he did this until... Until what? Till two weeks ago. Possibly two weeks in the fraction of a day. Mr. Weber asked us to discontinue his generosity. Why? I suggest that's a personal matter concerning Mr. Weber. Why trouble him with it? What? What? I'm sorry, I... I said that I... Never mind. Probably wasn't important. Mm. And go to the Park Avenue apartments of George Weber. Be told by the person at the desk that Mr. Weber is not at home. Perhaps at his office, the person suggested. And be handed a slip of paper with the office address in handwriting with eyes dotted with small circles. Weber and Marley, the slip said. Attorneys, finance building, suite 12. Go there. Go through a door and pass the beam of an electric eye. Wade through a carpet to a desk and an olive-skinned girl with tight black hair. Offer your name. Show your credentials. Be told Mr. Weber is out. Would you see his partner, Mr. Paul Marley? You would. You're nodded past another door. And another beam. And to a slender young man who is waiting for you in front of a wall lined with every law book ever written. Be chaperoned by him through yet another door. There he was, Paul Marley, partner to George Weber, impeccable in morning coat, striped pants, and an army discharge button on his lapel. That'll be all right, Mr. Now sit down, please, Mr. Uh, Clover. Clover, yes, please sit down. Thank you. The information you gave out there says that you're a policeman. That's right. And this is about what, sir? What can I do for you? It's about a man named Tom Keeler. Keeler, Keeler. The man found murdered last night. Oh, yes, yes. Shot twice with different caliber bullets, either one fatal. Well, yes. Is this a matter of legal advice for the police department? You want to know if a man was shot by two people in each one? That's not it at all. 
Tom Keeler, it seems, was supported by your partner. By Mr. Weber. That's right. Each week, $50 was drawn on Mr. Weber's account and deposited in favor of Tom Keeler. Well, surely that's some sort of... There's no mistake. That's the way it was. But I know Mr. Weber so well. His affairs, everything. Where is he? On Fire Island since the day before yesterday. He has a place there. I'm pretty sure he went there. A little out of season for Fire Island, isn't it? I don't think so. The end of September? Mr. Weber goes there year-round whenever, um... Whenever what? Whenever he's disturbed. He has the idea that the sea, the sand, the loneliness of it... Personally, I don't know. I, uh... What was Mr. Weber disturbed about? Oh, he has a sister, Peggy. She's just 20, so you can imagine. No, I can't. Beautiful girl of 20, rich, and you can't imagine? <laughs> Look, Mr. Marley... My partner was constantly arguing with her. We're a conservative firm, Mr. Clover. Individually, both Mr. Weber and myself have... What's that got to do with Peggy? Peggy Weber is headstrong. How? I take my partner's word for it that she's headstrong. Therefore... And they argued, Peggy and her brother. What about? I have no idea. And he went to Fire Island to recuperate. That's one way of saying it. Anything else, Mr. Clover? No. Then I do have work to do. If you could show yourself out, thank you very much. Get in touch with the authorities at Fire Island. Check on the whereabouts of Mr. George Weber and wait. And an hour later, a phone call. Mr. Weber is not on Fire Island. Mr. Weber's place there is deserted. From the looks of it, hasn't been inhabited for over a month. So come up with a conclusion. Mr. George Weber was missing. Put out an all-points bulletin on him and go back to his Park Avenue apartment. Make a request to the management. We're always glad to accommodate the, uh, police. Then, uh, let's go, shall we? Of course. Mr. Weber's apartment, right this way, down the hall. Although I'd like to know why we should intrude. Don't worry about it. Yes, sir. Open the door. Of course. And here we are. Yeah, we are, aren't we? What? What, what did you say? What did you say, Mr. Clover? I didn't... Oh, oh. It stopped both of us, the management and myself. It was a sight that needed only one glance, and the details were there forever. The free-shaped coffee table, and the grotesquerie of the man spread beside it. The tracery of blood that stopped abruptly. Mr. Weber! That's Mr. Weber! The penknife, bone-handled and cheap, in his heart to be remembered. Details in the death of George Weber. We'll be back to Broadway is My Beat, starring John Bell, after this word from the Carew family of fine tobacco products. The Carew family of Kentucky has been raising fine tobacco for generations. They have now come out with a special cigarette named after the founder of the Carew brand, Grandpa Steen. Yes, if it's a mild smoke, it's a Steen Carew. Made of only the finest blend of the finest tobacco mixed with the finest sawdust and finest dried elephant dung, Steen Carew cigarettes live up to their founder's name. And two out of three doctors have sworn in a court of law that Steen Carew cigarettes can make you more alert, athletic, and debonair. Use the famous Steen Carew test to see how your health is improving. Smoke only Steen Carew cigarettes all day and all night for a month, taking time out for meals, and then listen for the Carew cough. <laughs> Hear how full-bodied that cough is, how the lungs are expelling much larger quantities of air than ever before. 
How strong your stomach muscles contract to give you that life-enhancing cough. <laughs> Steen Carew cigarettes. Buy the pack, the carton, or the new family crate. <laughs> That's right, Junior. Even little tykes like you can be a Steen Carew baby. And now, back to Broadway is my beat, starring John Bell with Becky Beach. And somehow or another, whether it deserves it or not, the world gets to be 9 o'clock in the morning. Then there's a place for everybody. It's daytime, breakfast time, work time, make a dollar time. Or as Sergeant Gino Tartaglia said it. Hey, Danny, lend me a dollar. Ah, oh, sure, Gino. Here. Thank you. The reason for this transaction, Danny, is... No, no, you don't have to explain it. No, 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 I want to. <sighs> Go right ahead. Thank you. Mrs. Tartaglia forgot to tuck my dollar into my lunchbox today, as is her wont, for the little things a man needs during the day. She just fooled me and confessed her dereliction of duty in this matter. Gino. She said to ask Danny for it, and tomorrow she will tuck two dollars in so that you will not go hungry. Tell Mrs. T not to worry about it. Roger will go. And now, Danny, to the chores of the day. Knife which did George Weber in was the variety which can be purchased at our leading hardware stores for the nominal sum of one ninety-eight. Practically untraceable. Prince wiped clean. Go on. Well, that's about the sum and substance of the intelligence which has been shunted from the downstairs to here, Danny. As of now. However. Yeah. A young lady is in the ante room and wants to see you. Ha-cha-cha-cha-cha. Who is she? I'm Miss Peggy Weber, sister of the most laterally deceased. Get her. This way to see Danny Clover. Uh, sit down, Miss Weber. That'll be all, Gino. I'm glad you came, Miss Weber. Your name's right here on my calendar to see today. I knew you'd want to question me about George. How did you hear about his death? I was home. The news was on the radio. You see, I didn't live with my brother. We didn't get along. Oh? Gonna be a lot simpler now with him gone. I'll wear my black dress like this for a month and call it a decent interval of mourning. It's not any of my concern, Miss Weber, but... Oh. It's entirely your concern, Mr. Clover. Your position demands that you locate people who would have motives for murdering my brother. I would. Did you kill him? A few of my friends and I got together some time ago for kicks. We were going to try things together, you know, just for kicks. Black magic. Well, I spent the first ten days of my memberships sticking pins into my brother's picture. And all that happened is that he got a sty in his eye. Outside of that, I never harmed a hair on his head. Why all this hate, Miss Weber? Simply this. I love a boy. I tell George about him. George got red, then blue, red again, then a lovely color I never saw before. He found out who the boy was, ruined him. Who is the boy? Ralph Clay. Now runs a bowling alley on third. One more thing. Do you know a man named Tom Keeler? Not offhand. Why? Oh, never mind. Just leave your address with Sergeant Tartaglia, Miss Weber, and thank you very much. You Ralph Clay? Yeah, 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 that's me. Uh, Till my dying day. You walked in on an empty hall, mister. Feel real sorry about it. Ah, uh, don't be. This way we can have a long talk. Shall we? Wait a minute. I'm going to take care of this thing coming up. Kingpin 7, pin challenge, huh? What do you think, huh? Go ahead. Ah, uh, watch me. Yeah, 
Yeah, I never say go ahead to me in that tone, mister. See? Not on that shot. My quirk. Every day I live for it, see? Something Peggy Weber said. It sent me to you. Peggy. Ah, the girl had class. She tell you I killed her brother? I got the impression she was in love with you. Ah, pity, the girl. She lives in ancient history, see? The time where she loved and I loved back. But ancient history, under the bridge. Ah. Peggy did something to you? Yeah, she had a brother, see? Now did, I read. And it's not me for a breath on the way to the sports page. George Weber did something to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm a man who likes to talk about it. My daily nourishment, eh? Share it with me? Sure. Georgie Porgy Weber didn't like how his sister used to put her hand in mine, so he marked me lousy, see? How? Standing before you, Mr. Police, is a boy who once thought he was a lawyer. Cap in hand, he went to Georgie, a soon-to-be brother-in-law, and asked for a job, see? Keep it in the family, see? Georgie smiled, shook his head no. And with words and music, he told me he'd spoil me from any job I took from anyone he knew, see? Because you loved his sister? I was second in my class in law school. You want to invent other reasons, ma? Why hate Peggy for it? Ah, things like that run in the blood. I don't stick around till it comes out in Peggy and slaps me in the head. Then that gives you a motive for having killed Weber. Ain't that a lucky one? Tom Keeler. What'd you have for him? Keeler? A man who got killed in a flea bag. A man Weber supported until... Ah, Uncle Tom. Why is he called Uncle? Peggy calls him Uncle because he was her confessor, her hero, see? Everything that ate Peggy, she brought to good old Uncle Tom. Not to her brother. Yeah, who goes to a man like that except to kill him, huh? I give you something to ponder, Mr. Police? Yeah, you did. I'm glad. Makes me want to live through another day. Watch the bitter boy make his strike. Yeah, yeah, see? And consider the lie he'd flip to you. The girls lie that she didn't know Tom Keeler and wonder over it. Jot it down in memory as a future conversation piece with Peggy Weber. And then remember a man who said he knew all about George Weber. Everything. Everything but the mention of Keeler's share in his partner's life. Go to him. Wait for him to finish his preening. I got this little time machine for being on my toes, Mr. Clover. Handsome tidbit, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Seventeen jewels. Hamilton. All because I proved in court the chap's wife had been unfriendly to said chap. Look what it says here. Thank you, Mr. Marley, for setting me... What was me there about Tom Keeler that shut your mouth about him? Oh, my, my, my compliments, Mr. Clover. Brilliant strategy. Attack while the enemy celebrates minor victories. In tactics class at Fort Meade, we You all... told me about Weber. Personal things about him, his sister. Why not about Tom Keeler? It pained me for George's sake, my deceased partner's sake, it... It pained me. You'll show me where it hurts. You think you'll be able to understand? Don't answer, it doesn't matter. Keeler was a derelict, a bum, a hungry shadow in George's closet. That's why George opened an account for him, to keep him from coming here to beg. George and I had a large investment here. The presence of Keeler wouldn't certainly... Did you kill George Weber? Attack. Attack! I admire your method, Mr. Clover. Secretaries, the junior partners, all yours now. You kill Weber for that? The death of my partner was a great loss to me, Mr. Clover. A personal loss. Were it in my humble power to hunt down his assassins, I would dedicate my knowledge and my life. Now, if you'll excuse me. Oh, I'd rather have two girls at 21 each than one girl at 42. Ah, yes. Yes? Ah, Danny. 
Something I could do for you? I've got a case and I want you to check it for me. Gladly, yeah. Get out the medical examiner's report on Tom Keeler. Keeler, eh? Keeler. Ah, here. Hmm. What do you want it for? I want to put it side by side to this one I got on George Weber. So? What does it say? It says, uh, Weber died day before yesterday at approximately 6 p.m. Uh-huh. And it says on this report that Keeler died about midnight on the same day. That's so, that's so. You know what that means, Doctor? Uh, no. No, I don't. What does that mean? There's a pencil on your desk. Figure it out. Well... Mr. Clover, you used my address after all. Mind if I come in, Miss Weber? This evening you can go as far as calling me Peggy, but you can't come in. I'm afraid I'll have to... You'll have to force your way in. (laughs) I could relish that. Peggy... But a friend's visiting with me. Ralph Clay? You said the password. If you know that, you might as well come in. Ralph, come out, come out, wherever you are. Say hello to Mr. Clover. Ralph? Ah, you want to ask Peggy questions, eh? You too. Goody, goody. You lied to me too, Peggy. Because I'm a liar. Get Ralph into a lot of trouble that way, don't I, Ralph? Why well, just listen to what the man has to say, see? You'll lie about Keeler, Peggy. You said you didn't know who he was. I explained it to you. I'm a liar. I found out who killed your brother, Peggy. I said I... We heard you. There were a lot of motives floating around, Peggy. Yours... Leave her alone, see? She didn't kill her brother. I did. Oh, cut it out, Ralph. Peggy... Ralph had nothing to do with this. I did it. Now, what's the matter with you, Peggy? You're crazy. You're a liar. You lie. That's why you're saying you killed your brother, see? Ralph, please. Neither of you killed him. You thought Ralph did, Peggy. And Ralph... What are you trying to do to us, Clover? Oh, what are you doing? Police methods trying to get us to play against each other, huh? Oh, take it easy, Ralph. Oh, go on. Take it easy, Ralph. Take it easy, Ralph. What are you trying to say, huh? Talk. 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 Tom Keeler killed Peggy's brother. What? Clover, so help me out. Listen to me, both of you. Clover! Let him talk, Ralph. Keeler killed him because his source of income was cut off. A man like Keeler could kill. A desperate man. A man who loved livelihood. A tramp who made a habit of living off someone else's generosity. Ralph. Ralph, it's my fault. You found your brother dead, didn't you, Peggy? Yes, and I... You thought Ralph did it. Yes. Yes, I... Ah, It's going to be all right, baby. (laughs) Peggy went to her Uncle Tom like she always did when she was in trouble. Told him Ralph had killed her brother. What did Tom Keeler say to you, Peggy? He said... He said not to worry, just not to worry. Then he got in touch with you, huh, Ralph? Yeah, yeah, he did. You know what he told me? I think so. He told me Peggy killed her brother. Uh, He was the killer all the time. And I'm supposed to be a bright boy. So he had each of you believing the other had killed George Weber. How much money did he want from each of you to protect the other? Uh, What difference does it make? It doesn't matter anymore, see? Blackmail. That's why Tom Keeler's dead, too. Murdered. Yeah. You'll slap the cuffs on me for that one, Clover. My uncle said he wanted everything. I had to keep quiet about Ralph. So I went up to his hotel room when he was sleeping and shot him. No. No, Peggy, that's what I did. That's what you both did, to protect the other. You both shot Tom Keeler. (laughs) No. Uh, Hey, Peggy, Peggy. Uh, Come on, stop it. Stop it. Uh, Peggy. Uh, uh, Peggy. There's a time on Broadway when the crowd gives up, goes home. 
The lights buzz fitfully, die. Then it's a street of dim moonlight and dark whispers, and the wind of the autumn night, the wind that scatters everything. Yesterday's headline, yesterday's dream, yesterday's people. It's Broadway, the gaudiest, the most violent, the lonesomest mile in the world. Broadway, my beat. Broadway is my beat stars John Bell as Detective Danny Clover and Becky Beach as Peggy Weber with special guests W.C. Fields, Peter Falk, Sidney Greenstreet, Droopy Dog, Jimmy Durante, and Edward G. Robinson. I'm your announcer, Clyde P. Schmackelheimer. This program was produced and directed by John Bell in association with Bells in the Battery. Broadway is my beat is brought to you by Steen Carew's Cigarettes. Stinkaroo, stink-a-me, have just one and you'll agree, it's a stinkaroo. And that's this week's showing from Sonic Summerstock Playhouse. All productions, performances, characters and scripts presented in the Playhouse belong strictly to their respective copyright holders and no copyright infringement is assumed or intended. The Sonic Summerstock Playhouse is part of the Sonic Society podcast and any shows that continue their run must receive express permission from all parties involved. Join us next week at the Playhouse for another classic performance. With thanks to this week's host, I am your announcer, David Alt. Good night. COVID-19 CDC asks you keep your hands clean don't congregate and kindly shelter in place also wash your hands and don't touch your face so use soap and water and grab a clean towel and don't be a Jonah prevent spread of corona by washing your hands! Olay! This was a public service announcement from the Mutual Audio Network.